Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we've got another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Dan. What's up? And we're brought to you, as always, by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for authentic commercial smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to producing real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the United States and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of summer can be yours all year round. And uh, you may be able to already hear a slight difference today because we're out mobile today and we're doing what we like to do best and go down and visit our good friends down at Max Barbecue. Um, we're down in, I like to call it like Aladdin's Cave, to be honest. We're down here and there are all the awesome goodies around us. So we're going to get to speak about all the products that they've got going on at the moment and especially the GFCs and the cabinet smokers that they've got coming out at the minute. Well, they've got coming. They're out already, and there's there's more in the in the pipeline. We've just been chatting to them, and there's some more exciting stuff coming out soon. So uh, we're here to find out a bit more about, as you said, the cabinets and the GFCs, and, and find out what makes them so amazing, and uh, and yeah, and, w- and what we can all use them for. Yeah. We had a, we had a good weekend of foodiness and barbecue. We were up at Burnham on Sea Food Festival for the weekend, doing some demo chefing and comparing, comparing, comparing. no comparing. Um, so we got to meet some awesome chefs and we got to show off some of our new food that's coming out in our Christmas cookbook that's out soon. We did compare who's a better cook and obviously that was... Uh, today, <laughs> today I've got the mic in my hand so I can pull it away from Dan whenever... He's usually in control so he can always press stop. When <laughs> so who who is the better chef uh, on Saturday, Dan? Me. What did you cook? Uh, I cooked a sea bass dish with a, oh. a coconut risotto and uh, it was a last chance. I called it Thai-Italian. It was a Thai and Italian fusion. Me and my good friend uh, Justin Rees cooked it together. Uh, did you see? It sounds a lot like a dish that I posted on my Instagram, actually. Yeah, you copied us and went home and cooked it. You thought it was so tasty, you went home and cooked it. but That is true. But but I don't think you cooked it. I, I stirred the uh, rice. I've got a piece of my thumb missing, which proves I was cutting at least up a couple of shallots and uh, some lemongrass and bits of other pieces. That's true. That's um, You took the mantle from me because we laughed and joked about every time I cut any food I cut myself. You took the mick too much and it backfired, didn't it? I was being cocky and showing off to the crowd and uh, lost a bit of my thumb, but no one noticed. I just carried on doing it, so everyone's got a bit of my thumb was somewhere in that dish, but we won't go too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're like we said, we're down here at... Max Barbecue with Ty and Ian. Do you want to say hello, guys? Hello. Hey, guys. So you have to. We've only got one microphone that we're passing around the room at the moment. So uh, hopefully it's all going to go well. But we're uh, sat here in front of a GFC 2150, and Ty's going to give us a little tour of it. I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we'll ask you questions, Ty. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> so. Um, if you've seen the photos on the right-hand side, uh, you've got the charcoal chute. Um, the bottom door at the bottom of the charcoal chute is um, where basically all the ash drops down from the fire grate. 
on the right hand side is uh, where you access the fire grate and also your airflow control with a ball valve. A lot of people say that looks like um, some sort of water or pressure gauge or something like that, but no, it's just it's literally fire just fire. for airflow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the top of the chute opens up, it holds about uh, 14 or 15 kilos of lumpwood. Um, and that will go for about 30 hours without um, without a guru on it. Um, and with a guru, you can get get even longer, especially if you're using like a high quality briquette. Um, we've had we've had 50 hours maximum out of this one. Um, What's a high quality briquette? Uh, are we talking about a cocoa shell briquette? Is that is that something that we could? Uh, I know you guys don't want to say it, but I'm going to say they rock. So uh, I guess that with one of the with uh, the cocoa shell briquettes in there, it must be. A really clean burn and a really good burn, really long burn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hardly see any smoke coming out the top um, of the GFC. That the way they're designed, um, they they really do give a very clean clean smoke. Um, and uh, you can see that with there's there's a slight white discharge on on the inside of the uh, baffle, and that's that's because it's burning really really cleanly. Um, the baffle. GFC. So, so, like the name is a GFC gravity-fed cabinet. What, what is that about? So, the gravity feed is the fact that the charcoal feeds the fire on its own, um, and the cabinet is just basically because it's it's an insulated cabinet smoker. Um, we we interchange between gravity-fed commercial, gravity-fed cabinet with, you know, it works for both. Um, it's got about an inch and a half of insulation around the cooking chamber as well as the charcoal chute. So. They run really, really efficiently. Was that one wall, or is there, are there multiple walls in there? How does how how does that work? What's in that inch of inch and a half thickness? Um, it's it's a really high quality heating insulation. Um, it's got a single wall on the inside, which is uh, I think four mil plate steel, and then um, it's got a frame around that, um, and then a millimeter plate, which is the orange coloured. Cool, cool, and uh, so. As the heat comes through the unit, how, how does that work with the airflow? Because I know that you guys had some, some airflow gurus, uh, some geniuses working on that that helped design the, the airflow on these units. So the factory um, that, we, um, that we work with actually design um, space heaters that um, run on basically any solid fuel or oil, um, but with absolutely no... Um, no deposits on on the hot air side, so they're designed to filter air. They've got a very very intricate air air system through them, and these guys um, basically specialise in that. Um, they helped us to make sure that the the chamber, the cooking chamber, has a really really even heat distribution um, from back to front and from top to bottom. Um, the only heat difference is really on the top grates with a GFC. It's a little bit warmer. Um, but otherwise, all the other grates are very, very similar. Awesome. That must be s really hard to achieve in such a big unit. I think that's one of the things everyone really wants to look for with something like this is, is that even heat across the whole, the whole unit. And that, that seems like something you really achieved with the GFC and the, and the cabinet smokers. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely one of the harder things to do, um, especially when you sort of put a big brisket in the way. Um, you can sort of think oh well you know i've got a cold spot there now um a lot of the time people shut the door and the, the brisket will be right next to the temperature gauge which gives you a little bit of an off reading that's why we always sort of um recommend using like a decent digital probe um but once the brisket warms up the heat, the heat just averages out and because the plate walls are so thick um and they hold a lot of radiant heat it tends to come up to temp quite quickly 
Yeah, it's something that uh, you hear people like Aaron Franklin and stuff like that discussing is sort of like the, the aerodynamics of how things move through. So I guess that having like a brisket or something in there, I haven't really thought about it. Like, but like you said, it really does could make a difference to sort of temperatures through without the throughout the unit. So, but when it goes to the temperature, then I guess like you said, that it's just another. Just yeah, it just evens itself yeah, out. Itself yeah, out again. absolutely. Um, uh, so on the right-hand side of the door, um, you can see a little copper um, copper nut that just twists off, um, and that that will hold at least sort of ten probes if you have to. Um, but yeah, it just it, it allows um, for straight probes to go s um, directly into the cooking chamber without without affecting the airflow. Using like a barbecue guru type device to control the temperature, where would you fit that onto the device? So um, with the air intake, it's a two-inch ball valve, um, and barbecue guru have um, an attachment specifically for that already um, in the market. So that's that's one of the reasons we picked we picked that size ball valve for the air intake. Um, the other was that it, it does need that much air at times. Um, so it literally just screws into the end of the ball valve. You attach your fan. Um, and the guru can sit on the shelf on the front um, with the probes running into the cooker. What sort of temperatures do these uh, GFCs like to sit? Are they all different or is it, is it all just down to airflow? You can have them right up at cooking at sort of 350 or you could have them right uh, uh, close all the air off and have them cooking at a lot lower temperatures or is there like a natural point they like to sit at? So with the 2150, um, we use the chimney as well as the air intake to control the temperature. Um, we, we leave the chimney half open and the ball valve half open and that sits at 225 uh, for days. I mean, it's it's absolutely stable like that and we have taken them up up to 350 um, and we've actually uh, got plans for an accessory grilling application. So it's like a charcoal tray with an ash pan underneath and then you can put grills on top to to direct grill. I mean, the, the inside of the unit is really, really well built and will withstand a really, really high heat. And uh, on the bottom shelf there, I've seen in some of them there's like a, a drip pan or like a water pan. Is that is that the same in, in the GFC as it is the cabinets? Yeah, so the 2150 is a um, gastronome tray size, like a one-to-one -one gastro. Um, and that's what we use as the water pan or the drip pan. Um, we put a bit of water in there so that you don't get too much fat all at the same time. But the water doesn't do much for the, the temperature. It'll increase the moisture in the air slightly, which helps the smoke stick to the meat. Um, but yeah, I mean, having one-to-one -one gastros with um, our reverse flows and the GFC makes it really, really easy to replace them if you need to. Cool. What's what's so you mentioned the reverse flow? What 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 are the major differences between the, the GFC then and the and the reverse flows? So the reverse flow um, would be absolutely perfect for guys who do like weekend catering um, or competition teams or guys who just like doing really long cooks. Um, whereas the GFC is definitely more based around a restaurant that opens every day um, because you can keep it running 24 seven. You literally just need to top up the charcoal. It'll give you another 24, 30 hours um, and empty the ash pan and, and you can just keep going like that. Whereas the reverse flows um, are more easy to ditch the charcoal out of the um, out of the fire basket and then pack it up and go. I suppose with the GFCs you can just open up the lid and keep topping up as you're going along so literally you could just run it constantly so 
if you own a restaurant or something and you are smoking meat on such a sort of industrial scale every day and you're open seven days a week with the GFC you just keep going yeah yeah there's no need no need to shut down really um, apart from cleaning maybe um, but you you can literally even if there's ash build up on the fire grate you can reach in you can give the fire grate a good shake um, and that'll ditch the ash out and it'll just keep running I suppose even if you burn it all out though and, and you burn all of your charcoal out after a, a full a full load you probably it probably hold a lot of its heat in the space of time it would take to to clean out anyway I guess wouldn't it yeah, I mean, for, for the cleaning process, you'd have to open the front door, which you would lose some of your temperature, but it would definitely uh, reduce the amount of time it would take to reheat. Cool. So the cabinets, the Reverso cabinets, do you want to, should we have a little quick tour of one of those? Yeah, so um, we've got uh, two models available at the moment. There's a stretch on the tubby, um, and they're essentially the same um, build-wise, except for the stretch is a bit taller. Um, the fire the firebox is at the bottom. Um, it's got a really heavy duty f uh, fire basket, and then underneath that's the ash pan. I've seen there; they're really cool. They're like built-in sort of snake already. Like mm. people set up like the snake method in their barbecues. Probably something you've come across, but they've got like a, a built-in sort of like maze, similar to like the CSG, the cold smoke generators you guys do. You've got like a little maze unit in the bottom to to like control the the burn. Yeah, it's just to um, stop your fire going over. Um, and and to allow you a bit more control, um, you can you can control them really really easily with with the air intake. But having not too much coal burning also helps it not overrun. And also, I suppose it extends the time that you get the cook out of them. Because I mean, if all your charcoal went up and, and you're burning like say minion method, then you have no control over the sort of time other than your airflow. But I suppose with that snake method, you get like a a much better control over how long that will burn for. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we before we move on, we, we said about you've got the two different types. There's also three types of GFC at the moment as well, aren't there? Yeah, so we've got the 2150, which is a one-to-one -one gastro um, standard size. Uh, the 3000, which is um, it's it's about one and a half times the size cooking chamber. And then the 4200, um, and there's possibility of a larger one coming at some point in the future. Cool, cool. So what? what yeah, you mentioned a possibility of a larger one. What sort of size are we talking here? That one's uh, 7,200, as wow. in like 7,200 centimetres. Now that's a shed load of brisket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my phone was ringing. Very unprofessional of me, as usual. But yeah, that's a shed load of brisket. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing that one. I mean, the, the 3,000 already is like an absolute beast. So I imagine this is going to be uh, insane. Yeah, I mean, we've got one in production for us at the moment um, after the prototypes have been done, so the design's all finished. We just want to um, get it over here, take some pictures, and then we'll, we'll give you guys a look. Awesome. You guys are just over uh, visiting the factory recently. Yeah, we got back from um, Hungary on Saturday night, about 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, cool. How was that trip? Oh, it was amazing. The factory is um, so, so great to see. I mean, the guys are all really really enthusiastic about the products they're building um and they really really work hard cool i saw that you uh were checking out some local restaurants uh any any cool food uh stories to tell any any cool restaurants to talk about i'll give this one to you <laughs> um yeah i mean <coughs> we we've been going for just over a year now and it's quite uh surprising and, and good to see that the barbecue um sort of community is growing there as well as it is here 
Um, uh, there's lots of new restaurants. Um, most of them are, are cooking on, on real, what we call real barbecues, so you know, charcoal or wood. Um, and, and those are the ones that seem to be most successful there. Um, there's a couple that we've been to that are quite sort of in the, in the boondocks, as I would call it, um, but really, really good people and passionate about what they're doing. They want to do things right. And quite, quite nicely is that they don't want to just do the standard American barbecue. They're doing that, but putting a Hungarian twist on. So expect flavors with a lot of Hungarian paprika and that sort of thing. Awesome. That's really cool to see because, I mean, you see like, uh, I'm going to say Australia, for instance, are really putting their own spin on things. And it's great that other countries in Europe, I mean, barbecue's smashing it in Europe at the minute, but other countries as well as your sort of French teams, Spanish teams, Italian teams, uh, German teams and stuff is actually spreading further into Europe and, and countries like Hungary are really taking it on and, and getting involved. Yeah, it's it's really good to see and to be a part of that. I mean, we've been going now for, for 10 years and um, uh, it was quite lonely when we first started because nobody did smoke food as such. Um, and it's just so nice. And that you're with like-minded people now and, and it's such a good community. Um, there's very rarely you come across a bad person in barbecue and that's, I guess, what we love about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the cool thing about our, our job is that we get to sit around and chat to all these people all over the world who we've never even met before, but you pick up a phone and then just get on with them and it's like you've known each other for the common denominator barbecue comes up and that's it. You just chat for hours about about I suppose you guys probably get bored of listening to us, but uh, <laughs> non-stop talking about hours about barbecue. But but yeah, it seems like a common denominator across the world that you could be I don't know you could be sat waiting for a train somewhere and barbecue comes up. It seems to be unique. I think barbecue. I don't I, I don't claim to know why or or what, but any other sort of style of food, I don't think you can do that. But with barbecue, you you sat waiting for a train and meet someone, come across someone that's into barbecue, and there you go. You can talk for hours non-stop and. and immediately got this sort of common common there uh, well common denominator with them and just chat for hours which is yeah, awesome. I said the other day we were talking about it and we were just we were saying how barbecue world seems to be like that, like you've just said, it's that you don't have these other communities in food that focus specifically on certain areas, but yet barbecue has so many forums, so many meetups and groups and stuff as there isn't the same thing for like every food category that's going. Yeah, you don't invite your friends around to your house to s to have a microwave or well you do <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we do but we uh, just stop making up <laughs> stuff about microwaves now only we're only when we're on tv <laughs> <laughs> we only do that when we're on tv but normally we invite people around to our house for a barbecue uh, sometimes that barbecue would be a morphy richards barbecue but but we don't yeah. talk about that no <laughs> not that's not in our new book <laughs> nah, no definitely not our new microwave chef we're gonna we've got new names. We're not the barbecue buddies now. We're microwave mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna re-enter next year as the microwave mates. What do you think, guys? Let us know. I really, honestly, I was watching you guys. Uh, obviously, you're over there to work, but you can got to have a bit of fun as well. And I was seeing uh, you going around all the barbecue places and, and restaurants and trying out the food. I'm gonna have to come to Hungary with you sometime and mm, uh, make and me get hungry. Talk. <laughs> yeah, and the. Shelving wise, I don't think we mentioned like the size difference inside. I know you said like the capacity, but like this one's like I see he's got 10 shelves inside the GFC 2150. Do we get more shelves as we go up in the 
bigger sizes or? Uh, the 3000 and the 4200 have got uh, a couple more racks, um, but they they all come with a uh, standard of five racks in the GFCs, and in the reverse flows you get six racks for the stretch and the tubby. And can people buy more from you? Can do you, do you supply more? So like you could, like you've got the stackers, I suppose, in the uh, in the original Pro Fuse, you could add add more shells from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we're more than happy to provide more shells. Um, obviously for guys who like doing stuff like wings and ribs and that sort of thing, you need that extra space, but you don't need the height between the shells. We wor we worked out that five was pretty good for you know um, having enough space between the racks for whole chickens, uh, briskets pork butts and it gives you a bit of room to play with as well imagine 10 trays in there full of wings you're in like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 10,000 wings or something let's, let's do that one time yeah, yeah we should give it a go <laughs> how many wings can you fit uh, well when you get the uh, the new seven, 7272 7200 was it yeah 7200 when we get that one we'll have we can have like a cook off and see how many wings we can fit in each one yeah we're for sure put, uh, we'll put the wing the wing company's stocks will be going right up I think yeah yeah, we'll hit up grill stock next year, fill it with wings and see how many people can eat. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'd feed the whole festival. I think everyone would be loving it. Yeah, Lots the food traders would be a bit annoyed with us. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you're setting this up to light, what's the kind of process that you go through? Are you just making a small fire at the bottom here? Uh, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, through the right-hand bottom door on the charcoal chute, you can uh, reach under there and put like a weed burner, gas weed burner, or a luft lighter under there. Otherwise, you can just um, open the lid, uh, light a charcoal start like you normally would, um, dump the lit coals right to the bottom, and then just top it up with charcoal. And y you said, like, basically, you just got to keep topping it up and topping it up. Have you seen anyone, like, put like, a big hopper on the top and, like, really stack up the charcoal high? <laughs> no, nothing like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> the top needs quite a good seal. Um, so if it doesn't have that seal, that whole chute could potentially become an entire fire. Um, so, yeah. I guess it's something to talk about there is the here. fact it is a sealed, a sealed unit. So you, you really do have that airflow running through for just the, the exhaust and the intake. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a very, very small air intake um, compared to the size of the fire, um, and it, it keeps it running. Um, any sort of extra air will obviously make a difference with that, um, and because it's so well insulated and that sort of thing, it runs it runs on much smaller tolerances than like a water smoker would, um, which also means you can control the temperature better. Cool. I saw this thing the other day. It was like an American cabinet smoker, and it had a it had like a do you know like you get those upside down water water units that like you in offices that you like put a little cup underneath. It had like one of those on the side, and it was like a gravity fed like water topper upper. I was like, what is going on with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like we said, the, the water in, um, in our GFCs isn't um, there to control your temperature. Your airflow does that on its own. The water's there to stop too much fat building up on its own um, and to add a bit of moisture to the environment. So the water in the GFC um, will, you'll get like, uh, you know, like when you're boiling a pot of water on the stove, you get those tiny little bubbles on the bottom. It doesn't tend to actually boil. So it sits just under the boiling temp, and it, it'll last for a hell of a long time before you need to top it up. So we didn't, I mean, I did think about it. I did like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I saw it, and I thought, what is that for? And then I was like reading it, and it was like a gravity-fed water topper up. <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay. Okay, the, the things that people will come up with. But anyway, so we talked about the, the, uh, the airflow on, on the GFC, but 
I suppose slightly more importantly, the, let's talk about the airflow on the reverse flow because it's a bit more intricate in the, in the way that it works. Yeah, so the reverse flow, um, the, just above the charcoal basket where your fire is, uh, there's a rectangle cut in a steel plate. Um, that rectangle um, allows the air to go up and touch the bottom of the cooking chamber, but it doesn't go into there. It actually uh, goes left and right around the cooking chamber and up the sides, and then through vents at the top of the cooking chamber. The air is forced down through the cooking chamber and then out of the back and up through the chimney. So the chimney vent starts at the bottom of the unit, so it sucks the, it sucks the heat back down through and yeah. back up again. Yeah. So you've got like almost, it starts at the bottom, works its way up the sides, and works its way back down to the bottom and back out again. So I yeah. bet the, the temperature on that must be a really, really well sort of spread an even temperature across the whole unit. It's like a confectional microwave. You guys would be used to that. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to live this down. <laughs> Maybe we should get one of those for our next TV show. That would be cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually got a slightly more radiant heat than the GFCs because you've got um, that extra layer of um, wall in, in the sides. So you get sort of um, a, a stronger bark on those units than the GFCs. Um, but I wouldn't say it's a you know, massive difference in, um, in the product. I noticed you get a, a bottle opener on the cabinets. Do you get a bottle opener with the GFC? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can see it now, yeah. Ah, oh, just out of view. I thought I'd found something different now. I was definitely, yeah. I was about to buy a cabinet, but now I think I'll buy a GFC. <laughs> yeah, we also sell the bottle openers on Amazon as well. If you want awesome. a Pro-Q bottle opener. Awesome. We'll get onto Amazon. Who wouldn't want one? Yeah, now they rock. They rock. We just had lunch down here. Yeah. Oh, normally, yeah. normally it's a Friday cookout here, but the guys at Max have sorted it out. We, we arrived just conveniently just at uh, 12.30, so the perfect sort of lunchtime. <laughs> and, uh, Ty, would, Ty and Ian were just finishing up the pork belly and uh, chicken chicken thighs so nothing to do with Ian <laughs> oh just just Attention time <laughs> Ian was just eating it's all good yeah like same, same as me I'm the chief yeah. <laughs> yeah we had our notepad, notepads out my kitchen rules style marking uh, marking tie but we we won't uh, we won't announce that now we will uh, announce that another time <laughs> make sure we smell the plates beforehand as well like true MKR style moving the pork belly around the cutting board with our noses just <laughs> that's the way they have to do it in my kitchen rules you know <laughs> there's a really nice lunch actually we enjoyed that belly pot you have done that a few times i think now and i'm um, enjoying it every time you've made it <laughs> i have to always think about it, the uh, grill stock you had the flipping grate out with the pork mm. bellies and and you had it again at pen gritty and they were just insane the, the crackling you're getting on them just with that perfect cook as well was be was beautiful yeah, you've done that a few times yourself as well, haven't you? Yeah, I would have to say uh, not as good as uh, Ty. I'm sure. glad you said it because uh <laughs> <laughs> I've only done it once or twice, so I have to, you know, <laughs> give me a chance here. <laughs> so in the, we've got stretch and tubby. So which one are you going for? Uh, I'm going for a GFC. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm because I'm cooking for so many people. I think I'm going to wait for the 7200, but. Not for that many people, not that many. There isn't that many people that want to eat your food. I've got, I just like big portions, so you know, that's just for me. What what makes guys? Uh, what's the real difference between what sets these apart from other sort of cabinet smokers on the market? What what makes the GFC or the reverse flow cabinets like the best thing for people to buy? So I don't think there's a, a huge amount of um, cabinet smokers available in the UK and Europe. Um, there's there's a few. Um, producers, but most of the stuff we were seeing was imported from the States. Um, 
we imported a few ourselves um, and had a look at them. And you know, we well while they all work, um, there there were some fundamental things that were missing that we thought. Um, for example, uh, the charcoal sheet being far too small on the gravity feeds, um, and also sort of um, hot spots and that sort of thing were just way too prevalent. Um, the finish was all right, but you still had stuff like welding splatter left on the smokers, which could easily be sort of wiped off. But uh, you know, the finish wasn't wasn't there for us. We thought there was a you know there's a potential for these in the UK and Europe, and it turns out there is because you know we're we're selling them at the same sort of price you could buy them in the US without the import costs, without the shipping and the tax and everything else. So, And that import costs and shipping tax can be an absolute insanity when you're talking about the sort of weight and size of these units. If you want something of this sort of size, I mean, we were only talking to uh, Richard Orme from Barbecue Gourmet and he's brought over a few of the, uh, what are they called, the, the the gateway drums and and uh, people are looking at bringing Yodas and stuff over and just just purely because the size of them like they take up like a, it's like two two metric meters in in a container ship and and it's just a lot of money to bring them over and again like you said the import tax and stuff so so getting something from the UK really makes that sort of difference when you're talking about cost it makes a huge difference. Yeah, let's just hope uh, Brexit doesn't put too much uh, <laughs> cost on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thinking well, they've ruined everything else. So let's where well, they probably will try and ruin barbecue. Who knows? Uh, I had some into. So basically, what if if you were a restaurant and you were looking at serving barbecue food, why why would they go for one of your units rather than like a I don't know a pellet smoker or or another electric style smoker? I mean, pellets and electric are great for when you're mass producing food. They, you know, they do the job, um, but from an authenticity point of view, um, for for us, it's all about charcoal um, uh, or even cooking with a real fire. Um, that's something that we think is really important and something that people want to do. So, you know, we've we've made it available, um, and and the units work just as reliably as an electric or a gas or a pellet smoker. Um, so there's no reason not to. It's not it's not any more or less difficult. Um, apart from the bit where you have to light a fire. On that note, so, so what about like regs and stuff like that? Is, is it is it a problem with like sort of kitchens and and restaurants uh, using these? Because I'm with you. I I always, I I don't really care what anyone says. I tend to make my own opinion, and my own opinion is that without charcoal and without a real fire, you you don't get that real authentic taste that I think that people really want. So I'm with you on that sense, but but how? What sort of like the regulations and stuff? Uh, how are they affecting um, restaurants? They're they're different for different councils. Um, for example, Manchester Smokehouse had to put a huge um, uh, air filtration system in their HVAC, so they they had to spend quite a bit of money putting that in place because Manchester's a smoke control zone. Um, so that that makes a difference for them, um, and it's all about sort of speaking to your EHO. Um, and, and explaining to them how it works and the fact that it's a sealed unit, um, there's no chance of, you know, something touching it and catching fire. It's it's exactly like you know most kitchen equipment. It's hot. It's yeah. It's you know possible to burn yourself on it, but it's um, it's no different than having yeah. anything else. Well, a flame comes out of a gas hob, so the fact there's an open flame in the kitchen, there's an open flame in the kitchen anyway. So yeah. there's no 
But it's got nowhere to go in the unit. Yeah, in yeah. the unit, a sealed unit, as you said. So it's, 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 there's no chance of, of anything happening. So, so yeah, it's just cool to to hear that. And again, like you said, I mean, Manchester has real strict controls on smoke and, and stuff like that. And uh, and the Manchester Smokehouse and Cellar have, have smashed it. And absolutely, I was speaking to Jason and uh, and he's absolutely loved his. And I mean, you could tell straight away that he like fell in love with it. And it's really... Uh, transformed his kitchen you guys have been up there to see him have you yeah we've been up there um ian and i went once and then i i took my wife up as well um yeah such such great uh hospitality it might be because we sort of know the head chef but uh, <laughs> i mean the food is food is absolutely fantastic they, the guys there do a really good job um and all the staff there are really attentive great great people some of the stuff some of the pictures i see coming out of it are just insane it looks so good and i know jace is like a he's a chef a trained chef a professional chef and i know the standard of food that he was putting out before at previous places i've seen i've been friends with him for a while now and seen like the standard of food that he puts out it's been amazing so it's great to see him doing that same sort of take in on barbecue and putting out some amazing stuff yeah he's he's doing some really exciting stuff on the barbecue side but i think he's also uh, a prime example of um, doing barbecue correctly on live fire and as you say, he's smashing it out. He's he's doing amazing amount of covers through that restaurant. Um, so it's no more difficult than running electrical pellet smokers or that. You know, he hasn't got any electrics in his kitchen. Um, he's got asados. He's got offsets. He's got gravity feeds. Um, but the the main difference is they're all live fire. And I bet that really shines out in the food. I mean, like I said, I I completely am behind the fact that food tastes different when it's cooked over a live fire in, in any environment whether it is in a wood-fired oven on an asado grill or in a gfc in a in an excel or, or whatever it's in if it's got charcoal burning in the bottom i think you really do taste the difference yeah i agree i mean uh, a lot of people say you know if you do a blind uh, tasting you you probably wouldn't know the difference but for me on a commercial pellet smoker um see a lot of smoke and you can smell the smoke but I, I don't feel you get the same taste uh, profile um, so yeah it's it's I guess it's down to personal preference I mean um, what we must remember as well is uh, smoking is a little bit like chilies so you know the more you smoke the more you the less you notice how smoky things are so for for the regular punter um, you know a little smoke is probably enough um, what we like is probably too much for the regular mm. <laughs> yeah definitely I agree and these these units uh, we something I was wondering is if how about how about leaving them outside because the end of the day after you've used a smoker you don't want to like put it away again wheel it out every time you use it and stuff especially with these units being the beast they are I mean like I think they're like 300 kilos or something I mean I've tried lifting one into uh, Riviera Barbecue were competing down at Pengridi and we unloaded one uh, out of their van. They've bought a special van for, because they've got a, uh, what have they got, a stretch? Or a yeah, they got the, yeah, they got the stretch. Yeah, yeah. they got the stretch. So Glenn and Sarah bought a special van for it and uh, and Glenn invented this pulley system that did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and he wrote me in to helping him out with it and uh, helping him back in. I don't know how I stood it. I, Luckily, I shot off early. Yeah, Ben <laughs> ran away as usual, so it was just left uh, me and Ty and Glenn lifted it in. It was a bit of a beast. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Ian was ju- Ian was there taking notes and judging us. He was telling us he was the best at putting in. He it didn't take me, notes obviously. too carefully because he dropped one in his leg a few weeks later. <laughs> no, that hurt. <coughs> yeah, it's it was a bit ticklish. <laughs> cool. And they're so recognisable, aren't they? And like the bright orange colour. I love like the the styling and everything. The logo looks awesome. I love the huge dial on the front for your thermometer it looks like so like I said so recognisable as a product that there's nothing else out there and seeing that huge pro queue on the front of it just looks absolutely incredible yeah I mean there's there's a lot of industrial units around and mostly from the states um, and there's there's some pretty good ones uh, Fitmaker or they look really cool um, I love the look of them but yeah I've tried a couple uh, didn't work out great for me um, and what we wanted was to produce a unit that not only looks cool but works properly. Um, and I think we were there with them. Um, you know, there's the only thing that we do now is probably, you know, start developing a few accessories for them. Uh, there's stainless steel grates um, and, and that sort of thing. Um, as to, you know, how they work, they work perfectly uh, as best as we can get them. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that competes in the market at the moment um, as to their functionality but yeah um, we, we you know as always we stand behind our product and we're, we're in this because we love what we do not just to make money um, we, we cook all the time we use our products so you know and I think for me the main thing is I wouldn't want to sell something that I wasn't prepared to use myself and that I wouldn't be happy and every time, like, since these new units have been out, I mean, still today we had a, a, uh, which one, we had a Ranger outside going, was it a Ranger? No, it was a Frontier, yeah. Frontier, it was a Frontier out the back going, and, uh, and there's a GFC going, and one being, uh, seasoned. seasoned next to it as well, so, like, it, it really does show that you do use your products, and, like, every time I've come down since it's been released, there's always been one going, cooking on it, and you guys have been, uh, well, I always tend to come down on Fridays because it's food, you know me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think with my belly. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's, and that is an awesome thing to hear is is that you you do take real pride in your in your products and you are passionate about your products and you do believe in them because that that is really important when you're buying anything. I mean, it's not just barbecues and anything in life. Everything you buy, if if it's you get some companies just selling anything, they're happy to sell whatever. They're just they're just there to make money and then. You have companies that are passionate about what they're doing, that believe in what they've got, and and invest time, invest money, invest everything into into their products, and it's great to see you guys doing that. Speaking of seasoning, is that something that you guys always do, or do people when they've purchased one, do they need to season it themselves when they get it? So this one I'm seasoning today uh, was a unit that's already been used. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm basically just seasoning it because it's been sat for a while um, to make sure it doesn't get any rust spots or anything. Just to, it's just a bit of upkeep, really, before we before we send it out. So you, do you, you don't have to really season it when you first buy a new one, or you do have to? Yeah, it'll come um, fresh from the factory. We don't we don't cook on it previously at all, um, so it will need seasoning, and that's that's quite simple. It's just um, grab a block of block of lard, uh, rub it all over the inside of the smoker and on the grates. Sounds like heaven. <laughs> yeah. And then you just do a massage. <laughs> a <laughs> massage in lard. <laughs> Not allowed to eat any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, just fire it up um, and 
let it let it go. Adding wood into like the to the both of them, I guess. Then you do it in different ways. I'm guessing that if you're doing the gravity, you just you putting it in the hopper with the coal, or how you put where do you put your wood chunks? So in the gravity feed, um, in the bottom door under the charcoal basket um, or the charcoal grate, um, you'd put the wood straight into the ash pan. Um, I, I have seen guys um, putting a couple of kilos of uh, charcoal in, then a couple of chunks of wood, and then a couple more kilos, and then a couple of chunks of wood. Um, and that gives you a good base smoke, but you, you get your real smoke flavor with um, nice big chunks in the, in the bottom of the ash pan. Uh, the reverse flows, um, there's a flat ash pan underneath the charcoal grate, um, and you can just chunk, chuck wood chunks onto there or straight in onto the coals in the, in the basket as well. Awesome. Cool. I, I, um, we love them, don't we? We're just yeah. All the time it's like, when can we set up some sort of business or something that requires us to get one? Cause <laughs> or should we just get one anyway? We just don't know. <laughs> I get told off with what I've got already, and I'm just like, I'm just thinking, oh, I just want one so bad. They're too but big to get away with, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's too big to get away with. If I just wheel this bright orange thing into the back garden, <laughs> oh, I've always had that. Just got to buy them a present first. Just give them a present to occupy them and wheel it into the back garden. And be like, <laughs> have you not noticed it? It's been there for six months or something. That is a cool thing, though, is how noticeable they are is, and their, their colour and everything really stands out. So I've been seeing them popping up all over there. I mean, Australia has really taken them with open arms. And like I've seen smokehouses and also uh, competition teams all over Australia are, are using them already. So you guys sending shipping containers full over there for, for them to, to take? Yeah, um, Aussie are just about to have their um, third container shipped over um, and some of the units that are in production are already sold there. So, you know, they're, they're really, really taking this seriously. There's a waiting list in Australia then, guys. So <laughs> we need to, uh, come on, let's buck our ideas up. And uh, Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we need to get at least 10, we need to get 10 shipping containers for the UK, you know, we need to take over. Awesome. So we've got... Any other products that you've got going around at the moment that are coming out soon? Or we've got anything special to tell us? Obviously, we're always in love with your charcoal briquettes, which we're both using wherever possible now. Yeah, I had them running in again. So it's only literally due to the fact that I had nothing left. I, I had what a really weird cook. I was cooking for like a big group of people, and I had bought all this food. I had an amazing brisket from uh, from Bolsani Butchers, actually, one of the uh, Black Anguses, and that turned up. And I was like, I had all this food to cook, and uh, and coming from the miss uh, from the bunch of swines cookery course, I uh, I really really wanted to to try out a few of the the things that I learned. So uh, so spending that time with Ed and Emma, I really wanted to get in the and actually cook some of the like some of the big meats. Yeah, so how did yours turn out? It looked amazing in the video. Honestly, turned out amazing. But like, what I didn't realize is, is normally I've got all this massive buildup of like all these supplies and everything that I've just had over time and. It came to Friday night when I'm setting off everything cooking and I'm like looking around and I'm like, where's all my charcoal gone? Mm. Where is all my like rubs and stuff I'd made up and had going and everything seemed to have just vanished and I was spending the whole day the next day at Burnham on Sea. So I was like absolutely like frantically trying to sort something. So I was like botching together like five different boxes of charcoal like to try and get like a, a burn going. So it so happened that I had like one running off the heat feeds and one running off the uh, cocoa shell and and both running with uh, CyberQ's uh, gurus hooked up to them, so both burning same temperature, and uh, 
and by the morning, the next morning, I didn't have to top up the, the cocoa shell and I had to top up the heat bead. So I had to open up my, it was a bag of uh, Mr. Charcoal. Oh yeah, Mr. Charcoal, it's Simon Mr. Dyer. Oh yeah, Simon Dyer us, yeah. gave us a bag. So I, I opened up a bag of that and chucked that on that one. Went out for the day in the cocoa shower, it was only just finishing. So it had been overnight out for a full day and back home in the cocoa shower just literally was just coming to an end of its cook. So that was your first time using your new thermometer as well, wasn't it? Yeah, first time using the... Uh, How did you find that? <sighs> to be completely honest, I I'd struggled because I didn't had been a typical person, man, I would say. Being a typical didn't man, read the instructions, didn't read did you? Instructions, didn't look at how to use it at all. So just hooked it up. Because I've seen people using it, so I thought, oh, I just, oh, it would be easy. So just <laughs> hooked it all up. And then uh, it's funny, though, because Ed and Emma at the Bunch of Swines course were talking about how to set, like, to get the best results out of it. And at the time, I didn't have one, so I wasn't really thinking. And then I sort of bought one, like, a few weekends afterwards. And I wasn't really paying attention to that sort of stuff because I didn't have one. And then, like, I'd set all these things up, and I'm messaging Ben going, oh, me, it's set at 225, and it's up to 350. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, how has it gone up this hot? Blah, 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 blah. And then, again, I was listening to another podcast, Man Meat Barbecue, who had on, uh, I don't know his name now, but the guy from Barbecue Guru in, in America. Bob. Bob, Bob yeah, that's it, that's yeah. it. And, uh, and Bob was talking about like the common mistakes that people make and, and the fact that you still use your, your top vent as you would when you're, you're, when you're smoking anyway and just basically setting up the barbecue as you would if you didn't have the, didn't have the, uh, the cybercue or guru there except for obviously your bottom vent. So thinking about that and also thinking about Adam Emma mentioned like setting up your, your coals in like a horseshoe sort of shape uh, and setting your fire closest to the fan for it to burn out. I just set it up minion method as I normally do in my pro key and, and it just I guess just fired right up and just went out of control so <laughs> so yeah still uh, worked out though still worked out <laughs> I had some great food honestly it was amazing but uh, it just probably didn't do anything it didn't even need to kick yeah, in did it may as well have not been there to be honest this time but <laughs> next time I'm going to give it another go and uh, I'm going to get some I ran out of charcoal so I'm getting some more cocoa chow today and I'm going to have another cook with it so so yeah hopefully I'll come back with some better results when I've, now I've actually listened to how to use it and, uh, and thought about it rather than just being a uh, barbecue moron as I am and just uh, <laughs> chucking it all on. So hopefully this time would be a lot better. You guys use them a little bit, do you? Um, yeah, I mean, we we didn't used to with the bullets, um, but once we got sort of cabinets on the go, um, we, we had to start using them because we, we knew that, you know, guys would, would want them on the units. Um, so... Yeah, we, we got some stock in um, from Barbecue Guru Europe. Um, and yeah, we've just, just been playing with them. They're amazing pieces of kit. Yeah, and have you, have you tried to set up with like, the web interface and that on it so you can like monitor your temperature from your phone and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd. That's, ex that's the first thing I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I set it up and just um, sort of had fun changing the temperature from my computer in the office when the smoker was outside. That's all I wanted to do when Dan said he'd got one. I was like, well, can we look at it now from our phones while we're not at home? And he's like, no, I haven't done that bit yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the thing is? That, that night I actually set one up uh, by my Wi-Fi, but I messed one up. I don't know how I, I did it the exact same because it makes it so easy now. It's like Wi-Fi set up. It's search for, search for networks. And, and like I did the exact same thing as the second one. But then when it re because it has to reboot after you change the network settings, it then went to reboot and it, it said like no network. So I did a master reset on it, and since I did the master reset, it seems like I've just ruined it. So I don't know. What's <laughs> <going on. laughs> so I'm gonna have to. Oh, uh, Bob. Yeah, Bob. Can you? Uh, is there like a software download or something? Or I don't know. Could you uh, sort me out? Uh, this, this is. is... Instruction manual. 
I didn't no, try no, that no. yet, but I will do now. <laughs> so, but th that's something that's uh, I, I was looking for gurus in the UK, but I, I couldn't get one because uh, I had the, there's some supply issues going on. Can can people buy them from you guys here? Yeah, there, there. To be honest, there was quite a, a, a sort of um, lag in supply um, from Europe, um, but from what I we understand, it was backlog from the states uh, to Europe. So, um, yeah, we we are the um, the UK distributor for Barbecue Guru, um, and um, yeah, we we you know give us a call um, with the with the gurus and that. It's it's much easier if you you give us a call. Tell us what you've got, what you're trying to do, and we can hook you up with the right equipment. Awesome. I think it'll be my next thing on my list. Uh, if it's not for <laughs> Christmas, it might have to be sooner. <laughs> I've got two. Well, I could have one of yours and then. I'm Cheers. A cook. Well, you're not. You're not. Now, now, now I am with my gurus. <laughs> <laughs> Just shame you don't know how to use them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, how to use them is still a better cook. <laughs> Right, well, guys, Dan's he's off now. He's got a wheelie chair and he's just zooming off around. <laughs> we have a race in a minute. Right, thanks, guys, for I'll probably today. Win that too. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> he's off on one now. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for inviting us down today. Well, I don't know if you invited us. We probably just invited ourselves. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks for cooking for us. Thanks for being on the, today's podcast and giving us a proper tour of these products. Um, so we'll make sure we get some photos out with the podcast so you can see which products we've been talking about. But check them out. Go have a look on Max Barbecue and you can see all the details. So thanks, Tiny. Thank you guys for coming down. Yeah, nice to have celebrities with us. <laughs> Big time celebrities now, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll do selfies afterwards. TV stars, you know. Yeah. We're signing autographs down here now. Yeah. Wait, oh, there's people waiting outside. Right, we'll have to, uh, we had to shut the back door this, this yeah. Crowds of people. We can't cope with it. <laughs> you probably hear the wolf whistling from here, but yeah, there's hundreds of girls. <laughs> oh, oh my wife, my pussy's <laughs> <voice is this. laughs> Oh, dear. That was Ben, by the way, talking about the girls, not me. <laughs> Sound like your voice. That's weird. <laughs> okay, so well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. As always, we've been brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade or looking for authentic charcoal commercial smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the United States and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of summer can be yours all year round. And finally, Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood ch chunks, dust, chips or planks, you can head on over to smokewoodshack.com or you can find them on Twitter under Smokewood Shack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And I'm the better cook, yes. I'm the best barbecue cook, by far.